Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. They're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, welcome everybody. It's The Session. We are back here Monday night, sweating it out here in the old home studio of mine. I'm joined by my co-host, Teresa. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's I appreciate been a minute. It. It's been a little minute. Yeah, it, uh, yep, it definitely has. And uh, we are joined here by Josh and Alan from the Star Spangled Brewing Company in Clarksville, Tennessee. Boys, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on, man. It's, uh, you know, we got the beer super early. They've been sitting in my fridge and, uh, you know, uh, reading your notes, I'm I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm interested to talk about these. We were talking a little bit about in the pre-show. Uh, you guys are trying to, to, to uh, I'm going to tease it here. You're trying to, to start a new style, a subcategory of IPA. We'll get to it maybe, you know, when we start drinking about it. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but uh, I'm very excited to not only paint a target on your backs for, for people to make fun of you, but also, we, but we also make fun of you, yeah. <laughs> but also make fun of that you're you're trying to start a new subcategory of IPA. Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, I think that's cool, man. And you know, regional beer styles, uh, you know, that's what keeps breweries going. You know, after market saturation and after you know the the fad dies down of whatever, uh, you know, having something that people can call their own from where they're from, I think, sort of speaks a lot about the the beer culture in that area. Yeah, and gives, you know, it gives ownership too. It gives ownership. Yeah. It, they, you know, they can. Well, we'll talk. I don't know where you want to start talking about it at, but it I don't does know. give ownership of uh, of their beers, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Well, and this is this is the don't give too much away. This is the problem with me, man. Where it's like you know I have everything planned in my head, and then I start going live, and it's like I'm just a listless in the ocean of interviews. You know, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so I'm sort of trying to not like plan anything, and we're just okay. making it organic, and that's just you know that's the way we work. You know, <laughs> that's the way yeah, I work. Yeah, right yeah. You know, here we go. I'm drinking a um, Teresa. I'm drinking one of your beers. The all I want pills. Uh, I'm so happy. You know, we ran out of Me that, too. I think right after you ordered it. So really? I can't even get it anymore. Ugh. Well, you know, I was, I was in the Grab fridge and I'm like, should I try, should I bring a seltzer on just to make fun of you? <laughs> just to, <laughs> just to give you a little shit about did it. Did you buy a seltzer? I did buy a seltzer. I wanted to try oh, it. You keep, t- you keep talking about it. I know. And I wanted I to, to try it. Did you try it yet? I did try it and I kind of liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I, I thought. Strawberry lemonade. Yeah. It's a thing now, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, seltzer is, honestly, we can't do enough seltzer. We're going to do a 30-barrel batch this weekend, Mm -hmm. and we're probably going to have another batch, like, right on the tails of that one. Yeah, we keep running out, and then people are hooked on it. They come in, and they're like, where's my seltzer? They have the, like, seltzer shakes. (laughs) They're like, come on. We did uh, did seltzer here uh, in Clarksville. And uh, we just did like a base seltzer, and uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted a seltzer bar with kind of like a Bloody Mary or margarita bar where you can mix your own flavors in it. Oh, dude! So we have oh, dude! I was gonna do that for Beer Week. Yeah, we I, have a base seltzer with a, like a little bit, little bit of citrus in it, but you can go yeah. over to the side and mix all these different flavors into it. Oh, and you know dude. what? The best selling flavor here so far. What? What is it? Pickle Pickles. juice. Pickle juice. Are people buying that at like the end of the evening to try to like punk their buddy or something? Or no, I don't know. I mean, we just got the really like five it. gallon jar to begin with, or the, the big well, it looks like five gallon, probably one gallon thing of pickles and poured yeah. it into a so into a thing and it, man, it oh my wild. god. Well, and yeah. I don't know like like who, well, who needs you know psychiatric help more, like the people who <laughs> buy it or you guys who came up with the idea to give it. Well, look, we're just offering it to the people. I mean, if they choose to purchase it, then they can purchase it, and then it's on them. Yeah. I mean, here, here at the ballparks, too, like if, if you have you know, kids that play ball or whatever, they actually will freeze the pickle juice into popsicles, God. and the kids cannot. I mean, they sound like a quarter of them, but the kids are all running around the parks with popsicle. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's the thing now. I, so I don't know you guys that definitely it do be. have a different culture. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a, a recent thing or is it just a Southern, no. like we love picking juice? It's and... a Southern thing. You know, I'm, nor- I'm originally from Ohio and uh, I got down to Tennessee in 06 and um, you just, you just find this stuff out, man. Wow. Alan, is that true? Are you from uh, the South Alan? Yeah. I was uh, born and raised in Georgia and, uh, I gotta say, man, it was always pickles. You know, we always had, you know, it was always maybe, pickles, man. I think maybe because we always had gardens and like cucumbers are easy to grow. Okay. You know, your yeah. mom, your grandma, they always uh, can the food and, you know, put it up for in case there's a bad winter, which, you know, in Georgia, bad winter is like you get a dusting of snow. You know? <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Pickle the cucumbers, man. So you always have them, and I guess we just kind of grew to love them. I don't know. Yeah, and you go. You better drink this pickle juice because we're not wasting anything, or right, yeah. you're in yeah. trouble. And you got, you know, you got into more than two fights in a week at school. So now you got to drink this pickle juice, and then everyone just loves it now to own everybody. Uh, well, yeah, I anyway, to look up where you guys are because 
I, I was wondering if you were close to the Appalachian Appalachians, but you're not. You're way on the on the western side of the state, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that would make how much? Just west of Nashville, oh, just like west. 25 miles. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice, nice, man. That's cool. Um, all right, well, Josh, you're the owner, so let's start with you, man. How did you How did you come to open Star Spangled Brewing and uh, find yourself in Clarksville? Yeah, well, I found myself in Clarksville. Um, the military brought me here. I, I moved here in 06. Um, I was in uh, Special Forces as a Green Beret here from 06 until 19. Oh, damn. Uh, so nice. when I wanted to retire and um, looking for a retirement gig, and, you know, I was homebrewing at the time, and I was brewing Winchester and, and, and the struggle bus and uh, doing um, like little craft beer shows with my homebrew setup. And it just kind of really uh, just kind of really meshed from there on. And, you know, I didn't really consider special forces a job because I loved it. And, uh, and if I figured that if I was fortunate enough to be able to do something else, I love the rest of my life, a brew beer, I'd never have to work a day in my life. Yeah. You know, but, How's that going? <laughs> yeah, it's going good. It's going. Good. I, mean, I can't say like, oh, today sucks, man, because you know, I'm doing it to myself. You know, so well. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's. I feel like that's military training, because in everybody in every, any other everyday society, everyone's like, God, I hate this. I have to do this thing. This sucks. But <laughs> the aspect of well, I'm doing it to myself. So if I didn't like it, I would stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden, cleaning bathrooms and scrubbing toilets isn't an issue with me anymore. You know, I just. I'll just do it. You're not it's getting, mine. yeah. Well, you know. and you're not getting shot at. And I think that's, that's, that's the plus. That's the <laughs> yeah. plus. Yeah. yeah. Special forces, green beret. Wow. Damn dude. And then you got to retire out of that, which I feel like is, is an achievement in and of itself. Um, and then, so you loved homebrewing so much, you decided to just open a brewery. Did you intern at a brewery and like work a little bit and no, see how it just is? Homebrew, and you know, yeah. um, but you, you must just do as much as you can, uh, yeah. homebrew and learn as much as you can through, you know, uh, podcasts like yours and, and things like that. Uh, initially, I had done probably about two years before I retired. I, 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 you get online, you know, the pro brewer forums and things like that. And yeah. like, I wanted to start with the smallest system I could. So it was a three-barrel system mm-hmm. I had in my head that I was going to start with. And you get on the, the Reddits and uh, pro brewers and stuff like that yeah. just to see if it's feasible. And yeah. I got on and was like – is a three barrel system feasible? Everybody's like, no, 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 no. You can't never make it work. You'll never make it work. So I got, of got frustrated with that and shelved it for about a year until I came back to, it. I was like, you know what? Let, let me, let me check one more time. There has to be a brewery out there that made it off of a three barrel system. And so I get on there again and there was one or two that were like, no, you can make it work. If you, if you, if you work your numbers correctly, mm-hmm. you know, and then coming from a special forces background, planning was a, a big part of it. Uh, simple planning, but planning, very detailed planning was part of the uh, everyday operations there. Sure. So I decided I was going to do like a very detailed business plan. And if I kept a lot of the work done by myself, that uh, I could totally make it work. Um, so uh, I cashed in, you know, the savings and everything I had. And I bought a stout tanks and kettles, electric three barrel system with uh, five fermenters and off the races since then, man. Wow. You're still, you're still on that three barrel. No, we sold the three barrel to a uh, uh, a place in Colorado. Now we're doing a uh, we have a ten barrel system and barrel. 20, yeah. twenty barrel capacity with uh, stout tanks and kettles. That's a nice little way to to sort of jump up, you know, from a three to a ten. Uh, and I I do want to talk a little bit about that because you know I was smiling when you were telling that story because I'm like, yeah, of course, and everyone's telling you no, and that's what we would have said here on this show too. Like, there's no way. Yeah. 
but there is a way, and that's if you do all of the stuff and you're not paying yourself a, like a you know a thing like that nano brewery sort of like syndrome, right? There right. are a couple of breweries. I know there's one in like Sacramento. I forget the name now. They started with like a one barrel system. They're doing fine now, but it was a struggle. Yeah, and you know, let's be honest. I I have a military retirement, so yeah. I don't pay myself. You know, and and I think that's a big key to to it also you have to have some sort of other income while you're building out like I started building a brewery out probably a year now I'd say probably eight months before I retired mm-hmm. so I still had that residual income in, until I got out and then uh, when I got out it was just the ball was already rolling okay so you're treating it like um, I don't know I think pet project is sort of it's not really complimentary I think but like it's it's you're letting the the brewery run itself you're not take, you're not drawing from the brewery because you want that to sort of thrive. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and you have to, you have to roll everything back into it. And, and I, I felt like if I was going to take a, a paycheck from it at that time, that it just would have, um, you know, you would have to skimp somewhere else, whether it be on yeah. grain or, you know, or something like that yeast. And you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You need to go all in. Um, if you're going to start a brewery. Do you think that you could have made it off that three barrel without your military draw? Yeah. Yeah. I could have now, 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 now seeing the numbers and things like that, you know, the South was, is really the last place to, uh, to catch on to the craft beer craze. When I, when I started the brewery, there was one other one here in Clarksville and there's just a couple in Nashville. Um, so the, the target market, when I did my market analysis and planning, I mean, it was prime for craft beer. And plus I'm right beside, um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, which is a rotating um, rotating group of soldiers every two to four years that wasn't really you know isn't really affected by you know COVID or anything like that because you know we still get paychecks during that time so yeah. um, the the target market was, was great for a craft brewery now you do do a lot of education in Clarksville mm-hmm. or in the South as okay. far as beer goes because sure. you know people that they, they they grew up on you know big big brand um, Pilsners and pickle juice and yeah, man. Yeah. And they think that, you know, craft beer is really bougie (laughs) until you, you know, you explain that it's my craft. Now you go to a craft fair and there's people making jewelry. There's people you make a stained glass. That's their craft. Now this is my craft. That's the only reason why we call it craft beer. And they're like, I like craft beer now. Yeah. I'm a craft. (laughs) You know, once they finally understand enough to taste it and figure out what they like. And I mean, it's a fun position to be in, honestly, to be able to teach people. It is. Yeah. yeah. It takes it. Yeah. Cause everybody, I would, I mean, everybody that would listen to me, I would just tell about craft beer, <laughs> stuff like, especially down here, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's, that's really interesting to put it that way because, you know, here in the Bay area, you know, any sort of like trend you, we automatically adopt the name for like, Oh, okay. Well this is farm to table or this is craft beer or this is whatever it is. Yeah. Um, except black IPA or no Cascadian dark ale that will never catch on. It's black IPA. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Then that's just the way it is. But um, I, I guess I've never really heard the um, the uh, hesitancy of a movement because of like the craft beer name, like the craft beer. I understand it's bougie, but um, the the effort it takes to sort of break that down and say, well, this is why it's craft and it doesn't mean anything you know, different than the beer you, you, you like already, you like this thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never actually heard it put that way. I think it's pretty cool. That's a yeah, good way to do it. We just kind of had to, had, had to adopt here, you know, and I think when I started the brewery, 
here there was only 150 brewers breweries in the entire state of Tennessee. Oh, wow. God, that's a yeah, lot, have, though, still. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, that still blows Ohio, me away, yeah. man. Yeah. Ohio, in some of the cities, there's 150 right there in, the, in that one city, you know? So yeah. uh, the target market was, was good for it, and we just do a lot of education because of it. Okay. So when people come in and are there, uh, you know, let's say, uh, you know, soldiers come in, they're off base or whatever the term is, um, and they go, what, what do you have? How do you, how do you explain to, to them? I don't know why I'm picking the military just cause just, I feel yeah, the, the military there, right? doesn't really need them because they, they're, they're, they're traveled, you know, a lot. So yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's people that, uh, I would say that like the, we have a really big, um, tobacco farming industry here and uh, live livestock industry and stuff like that. So, yeah, okay. uh, so Farmers. yeah, so it's just educating the, the, the people that are, that are local as well to, to, to the different beers. So they come in with a specific style of Pilsner, um, that they want. And of course we're going to have a, something close to it, but brewed by star Spangle brewing company on the board. Like, Oh, you would like a Bud Light, try our Pilsner. You know, this is our okay. craft. You know, your craft is, is farming. Your craft is, you know, sharecropping, whatever. This is my craft. And they try it and they're like, Oh, well, yeah, I'll totally support this. You know, I'm behind this. now. So. I mean, I, that's cool that you're, you're relating to them on, on that level. You know, and I think, like I said, it's an interesting approach and I've never heard about it from, from that point of view, like sort of turning it around and being like, well, this is what you do. And this is the same thing though. Drawing those parallels definitely helps people sort of embrace whatever you're talking about. It sort of breaks down those barriers and you kind of just connect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they see a lot of the the, the tap rooms and stuff like that um, when they're, when they're traveling or when they're around town and, you know, frankly, it's probably pretty intimidating when you go up and you see the descriptions of these lengthy beers with all these. Oh yeah. uh, Taste to it. Um, So we we just have, we have it on the, on our board and they can read through it. It's a chalkboard that we write everything down and um, we read through it and, you know, it's just plain and simple, uh, pretty straightforward to them. A lot of hand-holding probably? No, not yeah, really. We have really. a great uh, great set of uh, servers out there that everybody comes in. You know, they get a, how y'all, how you doing? Yeah. Come on in, take a seat, and, uh, you know, we'll explain the beers to you. If you already know what you want, let us know, and, and we'll bring it right to you. That's great. Wow, that's cool. So when you, when you decided to open the brewery, how many breweries did you say were around you? Uh, there was 150 in the entire state of Tennessee yeah, at the yeah. time, 2017. Okay. And what about in Clarks, uh, Clarksville? In Clarksville, there was one with a second one open just before me, another small three-barrel uh, brewery. Wow. Um, so I was the third in Clarksville. Wow. And we're the fifth largest city in Tennessee. Jeez. So it's uh, plenty of room. Plenty of room. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I see it. So now we have five. Or six, uh, seven, seven, seven now. In, 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 wow! Yeah. So you had four open in well four years. That's one a year. Yeah, yeah. and it's great because I. The, wow. The, for me, craft beer is a tourism. Like if I go visit, you know, if I'm going to California, if I go to West Coast, East Coast, it doesn't matter. I'm not stopping at one brewery. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try them all. You know, I'll try a couple yeah. beers at all the other ones. So I think it drives business in a way until it becomes saturation. Yes. And then it becomes counterproductive. For sure. It's, it's a very much a, a, um, a, a tourism bell or whatever, right? Because once you're, once you're sort of dialed into the craft scene, anywhere you go, you're automatically finding yourself looking for either yeah. a craft bar or a brewery. You know, it, it's, it's definitely the more breweries there are in your area makes you a little bit more worldly in 
you know, finding something to do, throwing your money into a different local economy uh, when you go on vacation. Yeah, and you want local. You know, you don't want yeah. something that you can get at home. You want the beer that comes from that area. And I think that's that's one of the driving reasons that we we came up with the uh, the Southern IPA as a subcategory to uh, regular IPAs. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> right on, Let's right just on. do it right, right now. <laughs> Southern IPA. I uh, I got my pen. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> I want to learn a bit about it. I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to go drink it. So I want to learn a little bit about Southern okay. IPA. Uh, why Southern IPA? Tell me. Yeah. Convince me. Yeah. So so basically. Um, we created an IPA that that we love. It's great. Um, and me, uh, my background uh, with with homebrewing when I started out, I started entering competitions, mm-hmm. and everything had to fit a category. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. Um, this particular IPA uh, is really outside of several categories. You know. So how so? Um, um, so as far as say West Coast, it's way more malty. Um, okay. It's more malty. It's um, so then if you want to step up to more malty, you've got your English IPA and a red IPA. Um, well, it's more malty than them. Um, finishes a bit heavier, mm-hmm. um, fully attenuated, but finishes heavier, uh, but not sweet and cloy. You know, um, it, it's all about balance. You know, um, us here in the, in the South, you know, we like our sweet teas. We like our, our fried foods. You know, we like flavor. <laughs> yeah, for know? sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> if there's going to be malt in it, you got to taste it, you know, okay. you know, it, it's there for a reason. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, the hops in it, you know, we, uh, we like our, 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 our Southern, you know, basically our Southern fruits. Um, so we, you know, we, we kind of cater to that, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, citrus orange, you know, you know say like from, you know, Florida's and um, maybe some, uh, you know, a, a very uh, young peach with the acidicness of, you know, mm-hmm. say a peach. Uh, big thing down here now seems to be uh, peach tea, you know. Um, you go to places, you try to get a sweet tea, they want to ask you now, oh, you want peach? You know, well. Oh, really? Not yeah, pickles, yeah. but peach. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, um, uh, it, it, you know, it's basically uh, just outside of several uh, IPA styles, you know, categories. And, uh, we're like, man, where do, where do we put this? Like, I, this is great. I, I think it, you know, would do great in competition if we had a place to put it. You know? So, so you're saying that, and I love doing this by the way, and normally I'd be drinking and, and sort of like, you know, following along, but I, I want to learn about it, the style that you're creating before trying it. So what you're saying is that this beer style is maltier than like say an English IPA or you know um, the classic like '90s West Coast IPA, and it's not dank, it's not that weed dank thing, but it's also not new tropical citrus kind of a thing. So it's a right? so yeah, it's definitely not dank, um, okay. and it is a heavier beer without really sitting on you know okay. um, like like uh, you know a lot of say an imperial stuff. That's, first thing people want to think of, uh, when you say a, a heavy beer. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't sit like that, you know? Um, I hope not. It, God. It yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't finish, uh, it attenuates fully out, yeah. but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't attenuate down say, um, I'm trying to think of, I guess it would be a, probably the red IPA would be the, the highest one, uh, the one with the highest final gravity, probably like a 14 or maybe a 19 even. Um, and, wow. Ours finishes, you know, uh, a bit above that, 
but you would never know it drinking, you know, because it's it's balanced, you know, and that's kind of you've got you've got enough bitterness to bring the sweetness down, yes, but it's yes. not overly bitter. Yeah, there, there's no question where there's an IPA. So IPA, of course, <laughs> yeah. know, it's got to be hop forward. It's yep. got to be it's got to be bitter. It's got to be hoppy. You know, um, well, I say bitter. I mean, we've got our East Coast, uh, you know, our, our New England's also that are you know on, on the low side of bitter, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near the East Coast. You know, good. You know, the New England's. It's um, it, you know, uh, it's not hazy. You know, yep. clears up on purpose. We, we you know, um, it is a dry hop. So you know, when we first put it out, it'll, it'll have a little bit of you know, the, the normal dry hop haze to yeah, it, sure. uh, but, but clears right up. So it's, you know, it's still, you know, it doesn't really change, you know, the flavor. Yeah. We're not trying to make it hazy. We don't. And by also, and I want to say this too, by us um, creating the style, you know, you know, sort of, um, we're not saying, Hey, uh, this is the next biggest thing. This is going to, this is going to take over the hazies. This is going to put a stop to West. No, no, it's, it's all IPA. I wish it would, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, why? Well, why not? Like, yeah. no, I, I love them all. I, I love the hazies. Um, I love the West Coast. I, I love brutes. I mean, I love the brute yeah. IPAs, you know? So, I actually like brute IPAs. I'm a beer guy, so I like it all. So you guys but, are the only ones. You're the ones. You're the ones still, no, like, too. waiting oh, yeah. for IPA. Oh, yeah. And Teresa. You guys and Teresa are the three left in America going, you know what really should make a comeback is brute IPA. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the polar opposite of what you're talking about. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It we is. brew a very we 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 love the our brewed IPA too. It's, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's called yeah. the Knuckle Duster, and uh, we uh, <laughs> we got the, got some great names. Yeah, you know, I, I got the I got the recipe actually from um, the CBC in Denver two years ago. Okay, when they had it down there, I was talking to one of the brewers um, from from LA and I got the idea from him and I brought it back here to Clarksville and just, and just tampered and tested and tested and tested. till you know, it's, it's difficult to get it that dry without using, you know, champagne yeast. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we figured that out and it, it's a good, it's a good seller here too. We had on uh, I think it was the last show, uh, Brendan uh, from liquid gravity. He was like, you know, I think brood IPA would have done better if it was marketed as low calorie IPA. I'm like, you know what? Sure I think it. I think hop, it might be. Yeah, dry hop, low calorie. Dry hop because automatically you go brute. Okay, well that's a champagne term, so you're yeah. already at a different level of clientele. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the tobacco yeah. farmer isn't going to go. Well, I really prefer a you know semi dry champagne to a brute, but yeah. it's fine. I mean, maybe I'm like you know characters like people, but it's um, I don't know. Anyway, I just like throwing it out there sometimes, like low calorie. Might uh, because there's someone hawking now a low calorie, yeah, low calorie IPA. Who is it? Jesus, it's um, Warren texted me about it. I think it's New Glarus. I gotta find it now. Now it's a low calorie. There's someone out there saying low calorie IPA is like non ironically. It's like, hop- yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> it really is annoying. It's um, Bells, it's Bells, low cal, low cal IPA. It's called Light Hearted. Uh, I'm going to try to crop Warren's uh, phone number out of there so no one calls him. Oh, it's not on there. Okay, great. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see it. Light, lighthearted. That's, yeah, that's disappointing. 
Anyway, I like the idea of Southern IPA a lot better. I like the idea of Southern IPA. So, what about the malt? So, you said it, it's it's heavier, but what kind of malts are you putting in there? What's uh, if you? I mean, because we're going to define the category, we're going to define the style now. So, what what malts are typically used for a, a classic example of the style? So, we like to stay. You know, we're being uh, you know us being uh, very patriotic. We. We try to stay um, American everything we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Now, well, I mean, it's a American style, right? The Southern IPA. Right. I mean, you're not going to be using, you know, German malts in that. Right. For yeah. sure. So, yeah. So um, it's, you know, uh, with some pale ale in there, uh, we do add some uh, uh, some things for, for color, a little, uh, you know, um, crystals and stuff to okay. get the color up. Um, it's, it's more about, you know, um, working on the body of the beer. Uh, and balancing it with with the amount of uh, IBUs, you mm-hmm. know, with the amount of hops and 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 the correct yeast, you know. Sure. Um, you really gotta. We went to we've we've played around with several different yeast on this beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we've really settled on on one now that really works well with with the other things we're doing. Um, and it's the because the yeast it uh, it does contribute, you know, a bit of. Um, I'd say uh, fruitiness as well to the beer. Okay, so you're doing um, a little more estery. What can you tell me? What yeast you want to use? And I understand if you don't, but I'll, I'll go as far as English yeast. It's, it's definitely an English derived yeast. Okay, uh, <laughs> so you're keeping things a little close, and I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, and honestly, it's it's all about balance. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, which which I, I think uh, comes back to the south. And with beer, mm-hmm. uh, but to the South, like, you know, I mentioned earlier, we like our sweet tea, but we don't like our sweet tea so sweet and cloying that you don't know it's tea, you know? See, and um, I've, yeah. I've never been to the South really, uh, actually, I'm trying to think, and uh, I've been to Florida, but who cares? Um, but like, I've had sweet tea out here in California and it's like, it's like I'm a hummingbird just drinking sugar water. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. But I feel like you got to go to the source. Right. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. then it's a little bit different. Okay. All right. Yeah, the tea has to be balanced, like you know, you know, like your fried chicken. You don't want uh, you don't want only the breading on the chicken. You know, it's all got to you got to taste the chicken as well. You know? Sometimes, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I, see what, references <laughs> I see your point, man. I, just, I honestly can't wait to get back there right now. I'm talking about the fried chicken and sweet tea. I'm and so I tell you the, the pickles, yeah, the pickles, I'm yeah. so disappointed <laughs> oh, because the pickle juice I can leave behind. Actually, yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll try anything two or three times. Um, I'm still so hacked off that, uh, um, you know, uh, homebrew con in Nashville didn't happen because I was like, I was readying my lower intestine for hot chicken. I just, I, I really was. And, uh, now I'm still obsessed with it and I haven't, I've never tried it, but I'm like, I love paprika and (laughs) I love cayenne and let's go. Um, but you know, and I can imagine that with a, with a nice sweet tea and a pickle juice back. (laughs) <laughs> but now I, I sort of want to try southern. it. Now you're yeah. southern, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn. I'm, I'm, I'm too impolite to be southern, yeah. I think. I'm too, I've been in the Bay Area too long. Yeah. Oh, no, no. See, that's a misconception, too. I mean, okay. uh, a lot of people come there and say, oh, they, 
the Southerners, they were so nice. And it's just that we have a different way of saying things, you know? Yes. Like if you're down here and you do something silly and, and, and you hear them, you know, you hear us, we'll say, uh, oh, bless his Bless his heart, yeah. 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 You're in for it. Uh, Somebody tells you that, yeah. yeah. So that bless, bless your heart. Your heart. I got yeah. to say, I, he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a bunch of uh, online friends in Tennessee, and that's what they say. They, you know, they go, if anybody oh. ever tells you that and you're in the, and they're Southern, it's yeah. not nice. They're not, it's not a blessing. <laughs> Choose your next word correctly. Because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And end it with sir or ma'am. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. probably oh, yeah, how you sure. maybe yeah. can pull it back a little bit. Um, Southern IPA. So let's go hops now. We've, we've tackled the yeast a little bit, uh, a little bit, air quotes, and then a little bit of malt. What about hops? You said that you're, you're targeting sort of citrusy that, you know, like an orange citrus, but anything else you can sort of... Um, lay yeah, off. I mean, so it's still it's still an IPA, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, of course, you know, some grapefruit, you know. But um, again, with the balance in the you know the yeast bringing to the table, um, you know, uh, some some fruity esters there. Um, it, you're really getting like um, you know a lot of nice um, orange kind of citrus. I wouldn't say quite as far um, bitter as uh, passion fruit like, but more, mm-hmm. you know, um, like a like a sweet citrus. You know, a sweet. Okay. Well, we wanted to focus too on on the the southern fruits. You know, the stone fruits or uh, the oranges uh, and the peaches in Georgia, oranges in Florida, all the way down to you know the the key limes down in, in Key West. Uh, so we wanted to keep it in in, in that category of uh, of fruit. Okay, and then I imagine your your crystal malts are sort of playing with that a little bit. You don't want anything too raisiny, like you don't want higher crystal malts because you're going to sort of get that clash, or maybe right. that yeah. maybe that gooses the body. I don't know. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, we've played with that as well on this on this beer, and it really yeah. does do better. Um, you know, without the without the really high crystal malts, it's you know gets a little um, too bitter. Yeah, we don't, you know, we try to keep it away from astringency and, you know, want to keep it pleasant, you know. Yeah, but, for sure. Now, we do like a little, you know, um, I guess slight, you know, slight dark fruit light coming in, you know. Um, See, now you got me. Now you got <laughs> now you got me pulled in a little bit because, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, well, all this sort of sounds like, like a night that gets 1998. Um, and I'm having an IPA and that's just, that's what I'm doing. Like, a I don't know, I, I can't even remember breweries that are around back then, but, um, but the, the hop description is a little different. And then now you're talking like a little bit of dark fruit. Now I'm like, now I'm intrigued. Now I'm there. That's my hook right there. Yeah. I want to figure it out. And, uh, and it's not attenuating super far. So you're doing like a pretty more mash, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That would give it more body. So I'm just going to have to pour it in a glass so I can at least see the color. I'm going to go get it. Actually, we're going to take a break. Let's take a break right now uh, because I'm, I'm intrigued enough to now, now take this break to go find this beer in my fridge and pour it for everybody. And we're going to, we're going to talk about it because I, I'm, I don't know, man, I feel like, uh, Teresa, I don't think that we've ever really discussed a, like a new style. Or like, yeah, especially this is, first, this is the first time we we've ever, we, we've come out with it here with you guys. We got a uh, scoop. We, man, yeah, it, I think it's yeah. I think it's fun. I love it. I, I really do. I I think, I think it's that fun too. I I might have to. Well, unfortunately, I can't taste the beer, but I might have to disagree with you that this would never fit into any other category. But 
I don't well, know. I'm excited to try it whenever well, I get a chance. We're about to find out. And I feel like IPA categories are sort of, sort of you know, uh, exploded a bit, right? And blown out. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, I don't know, on the Venn diagram of IPAs, there's some overlap with anything. But I think if you have 75% of your beer different than any other category, you can have that 25% overlap, but you can still be different. I mean, IPA at, at some point is still just, it's still just IPA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But totally. you, you can break it apart a little bit. And it sounds like what you guys are doing and you're trying to differentiate, you know, a little, a little, a little category. Yeah. You know, for the South and, and, I, well, and I, you're, and you're thinking about what people in your region really like the flavors that they enjoy and the, like the food culture. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole thing. It's, it's, it's yeah. really cool. I'm stoked about it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I had just read about this somewhere, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on in the world that we need another IPA? But now that I'm involved in it, that's all I ever want. If you want me to buy into something, just involve me in it. And then I'm 100% on the way. So uh, hang on, everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of joking. Uh, it's the session. We're going to be right back with the boys from Star Spangled Brewing Company, Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm about to have a Southern IPA and you're about to listen to it. So hang on. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. tuned into the session because life's too short to listen to crappy radio all right thanks for hanging around everybody it's the session star spangled brewing company i'm gonna pop the southern ipa but what i want to do is put Teresa on the spot a little bit because Teresa, this is the first time i'm seeing you without your signature dreadlocks i know it's so how you feeling you're right sizing about combing my hair out for months and I finally just said you know what like it's actually my head I can I can take them out so you can do whatever you want with it I but I don't think anyone's gonna recognize me anywhere I go I'm gonna see the whole Brewers Guild tomorrow they're all coming to my brewery we're gonna have a meeting (laughs) and everybody's gonna lose their shit and I mean it's just hair it's seriously just hair but every like it was it's it's a thing it's fine I think just because like humans compartmentalize in general so it's like you're the girl with the dreads that's Teresa, you know and then suddenly you're not and you're like whoa you're also like a human being too i forgot about that i know you don't have (laughs) this you have other qualities right i'll have to try to learn what those are so we can talk so we can yeah no i I don't know (laughs) it's it's a funny it's a funny thing it's a whole thing i'm so I'm still so relieved that they're gone, and I'm hoping that feeling will stay so I don't do it again because it's just such a pain. It really yeah. is. How long did it take for you to get those, get them in there? I've had They're dreads hot. for like five years. Oh, man. 
Wow. And I, I took him out in the middle of that five years and then I put him right back in because I was like, Oh my God. Who I'm am I? Get him out. But, um, yeah, no. How long did it take, take to take him out? Yeah. Uh, it was like a couple weeks. Whoa. I, I just, I had to do like little at a time cause yeah. like nobody has that much time in their life. No. Well, but now my hair is so long. It's so yeah, dude. That's why I was so like, long. "Whoa, what's going on?" I remember yeah. uh, Kate Porter um, at the the Brewers Association used to have dreads years ago, and then one mm-hmm. one time I saw her at Homebrew Condor. It was NHC back then, and it was just she had a little bob or whatever, and she cut them all off. I was like, this is weird, and it's still <laughs> to this day. I when I when I hear her name, I I picture her with the dreads. I don't know why. It's just yeah. what it is. It's very like that's how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, Southern IPA. Here we go. Here is the color. It's hard to see oh, it's with my light. Gorgeous. Look it's gorgeous. It's like it's very um, dark gold. It's not amber. It's not a red. It's, it's not, not a, a red. No, it's not a brown. Um, here, let me try. I wonder if it's my light. <laughs> I have a cool ring light, oh, so I can do. Anticipation for you to drink that. So I can do makeup <laughs> tutorials later. Hold on. Let me turn off my makeup tutorial light. Hang on. There we go. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So this is the the uh, the struggle bus. What's yeah. the struggle bus about? Let's get into that a little bit before while I taste this. Yeah, the struggle bus is uh, we just named it the struggle bus. It's it, it's it's a it's a good IPA to have, a good beer to have after a long long week on the struggle bus. So that's what we just decided to call it. <laughs> life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that struggle bus, come on by. Come on by. We have got a beer for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my jam. I'm always on the struggle bus. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> Man, so, okay, I had my first taste of this beer, and I <laughs> I secretly wanted to to just have it be this overblown uh, marketing thing, right? Like, and I would never have said that, of course, but I oh, secretly... I, oh. No, I would never do it. <laughs> but secretly, I wanted to be like, the fuck are these guys talking about? Like, it just tastes like a fucking old IPA. It tastes like a 95 IPA, right? But it's not. It's as distinctively different in the category. This is a dis- it almost tastes like, um, uh, you're going to get some hate mail for that too. Be- <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, it's an IPA, but yeah. it's in, in the thing about me is, you know, I, I, I don't like IPAs in general, but this is a 5.7%, which is, just a touch over what I would normally want to drink, and I don't mind that. So, like the 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 i the i and the p and the a doesn't bother me so much anymore, as long as as long as the the alcohol is within a reasonable volume. Which for me, I would prefer it five, but that's not an IPA. But anyway, it almost tastes like I'm just going to compare it because again, like I just said, we're human beings and we compartmentalize and we categorize stuff. That's just that's how we that's inherently how we're wired. It sort of tastes like. Um, Pizza Port, the Chronic, a little bit, but not as dark, which is a compliment because that beer rules. Um, but the hops are definitely different. So uh, I, I don't know where to go here. I'm sort of spinning out right now. This is a weird. This is weird, Alan. First of all, <laughs> this is a weird ass beer for a weird ass time, man. I don't even know. Let me take a sip. That's because you not you've not been to the south. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But it's a good IPA for people that like that don't like IPAs too. They'll come in and because it's it's very malty and citrusy yeah, at dude. the same time. But it doesn't 
You know, I, I, I cut my teeth on Tacoma, Washington, uh, Seattle, Washington IPAs. Oh, where okay. It was just, you, you had, you couldn't breathe through your nose because right. it would just burn your face. <laughs> yeah, dude, right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't like IPAs until I went out there. I didn't like them while I was out there, but when I got back, I missed them. Okay. And I, yeah. So I, you know, and that was, that was my homebrewing days still. <clears throat> and this recipe is derived from that because I knew when I came back, that I wanted something that was a little bit more balanced with the, with the malt and the citrus. Um, so th- this was just a work in progress. And then Alan totally came in and, and refined it. I mean, it is, it, it's, it's pretty good. It is. It is. It is pretty good, man. And it's, um, I'm trying to figure out where to start. It's smooth and it is a little roasty, but in that higher caramel roasty, but not in that, raisiny like we're talking about right right it is citrusy but not in the mega orange or bright lemon or you know any of those other kind of like hops that you're that you're used to Teresa. you know what i mean like those like classic oh i want citrus i want to go this right it's not that but sometimes when you get those beers where you have where it's like orangey and then you have a lot of caramel malt in the back end it ends up tasting more less like citrus and more like um, like candied orange peel or something like that. This is not that either. <laughs> it's it, because there's enough bitterness, I think, to kind of sweep away some of that candiness. But there's also a fuller mouth feel to sort of justify that sweetness. And it's it's it inherently it, the closest thing I can say is it, it tastes like the Chronic from Pizza Port again which is a compliment because it's a very good beer, um, but not as roasty. If you've ever had the chronic, if you've ever had the chronic, it can be, it, it's a little higher lovable and crystal malts. This is lower than that. And the hops are a little bit different. I, I, I would consider this, I would consider this a new category. I really would. Yeah. We, and, and for me, it, it, it keeps coming back to uh, balance, you know? Yeah. We've been we've been all over the place with it, you know. We've you know we've we went higher ABV, we've we've went lower, we've you know, you know, kind of settled somewhere in the middle here. Um, we've went uh, you know heavier body, lighter body. Um, I even brought it down. Uh, I brought it down one time, uh, light you know thin the body, uh, brought the uh, the SRM down, and it just wasn't it, you know, just you know. Um, it, you know, it, it's taken us a while to, you know, play around with, with all aspects of it. And like I said earlier, we, we've played with different yeast, you know, um, I even threw, uh, I think it was, I think it was Oh four, I threw in at one time and, uh, that just, that just, it, it was clean. It was great, but it really just dropped it down too low and it thinned it out. It seemed like too much, you know? Yeah. I don't think that this beer would be anything with a thinner body. I mean, obviously it would be beer, but it wouldn't be as good. And for me, what, what, what gets me is that mid palate flavor, that mid flavor of almost, almost an amber malt, almost like that sort of sweet, darker note to it. But then those citrusy hops come through almost immediately after there's a little bit of biscuit, a little bit of toast in there, but it, it's hard to describe, man, because the biscuit and toasty, I guess, is what I get. Almost graham cracker, but not not that sweet, right? That stays, and then the hops almost sort of, like, come in and, like, hoover up all the other, like, you know, the residual sugar and all the other flavors. So you're sort of left with this 
smooth, almost pudding-like um, hop character, which is a description I just came up with. But what I what hangs on you can use it. Uh, what hangs on my palate <laughs> is that is that crispy, biscuity, soft thing, and a little bit of bitterness, and that sort of that for me makes me want to take another sip because I want to fill the rest in on my palate with all the other flavors that I'm now missing because your palate just cleans them up normally. Right. It's very, it's very interesting. Teresa, you got to try. I have one of these left, Teresa. I really want to yeah. hang it on. I, I want to hang on to it for you, mm-hmm. but I don't know when I'll ever see you again. So I might just drink it. <laughs> well, I'll send some out to you, Teresa. If you send me some of the rye, that rye. There you go. Yeah. You really we'll should. Do a little beer trade. We'll yeah. circumvent yeah. your beer hoarding over there at JP. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, so Alan, you were talking about, you have a bunch of iterations of this beer. How many different, uh, batches have you done of this oh, to try wow. to dial it in and follow up? Do you consider it, do you consider it dialed in now or do you still have work to do? Uh, so, so first off, I guess, uh, how many, um, so I came on board uh, one year after you, or was were you were you two? I think it was one year, maybe two. Two years. Mm-hmm. So two years. All right. So two years. Uh, I've brewed it probably. Uh, so I, I've brewed it more on the three barrel system uh, that we had, and that's where I really played with it back and forth, up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, here on the on the ten barrel now, uh, we're like five months into it. So. Um, you know, so I brew way more often out there. Um, uh, I would, oh gosh, I don't know how many, how many, but I know every time that I brewed it, I was like, I'm going to tweak this. And then next time I'm going to tweak that back, but now I'm going to do this. Um, gosh, I don't know how many, probably, um, probably 30 or 40 up there. I imagine. Wow. I mean, it's one that we try to, that, that we keep on because yeah. it's, you know, you it's know, a performer it, for sure. Yeah, it, it for sure gets, you know, really? um, well, four days. I mean, on a, you know, uh, in this area, four days on a, uh, on a half barrel keg, you know, a, a regular, you know, 15 and a half gallon keg. Yeah. And it, and that was a local, you know, just one of the local restaurants here. Uh, cause I was getting low on it. That's why I know it was four days because I was <laughs> low. I, was like, I, I had it brewing. I'm like, Alan, where's this beer at brother? Yeah. I it. I, yeah. And here, here, here's where the, the head brewer comes in, the, the, the scare of it, you know, you're like, it's, it's there, it's, it's, it's ferment. And you're like, all right, man, I'm good. You look in the cold room. You're like, oh, I got two kegs left. That'll probably get me through. And the ne- very next day you walk in and those two kegs are gone. Like, Hey man, where the, what happened to those kegs? So, right. he's, like, he's like, Hey, I just got rid of those two kegs at these two places. Uh, this other spot over here. Uh, I think they're needing one now. I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> so we're going to do a keg in like four days, you know? Damn. So the local restaurants are, are, are loving it. The, obviously the, the people buying the beer are loving it too. That's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, all you yeah. can ask for really. I mean, even if Southern IPA never catches on the yeah. fact that, that the people around you dig on it so much that they're just cruising through kegs in two or three days. Yeah, we're not looking to we're not looking to change the uh, BJC oh, yeah, or anything yes. like that. We're just oh we're no. Just every, anytime I I mention this interview is going to be yeah. these guys want to change BJCP <laughs> guidelines. <laughs> they want to. I'm going to call Gordon Strong right now. I'm going to dial him in. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that we got to do this. But also, uh, so second half of your question, um, uh, it's dialed in. I feel it's dialed in. Um, I think so too, man. I can't imagine yeah. really. Uh, 
changing. I, I don't know what you would benefit from tweaking it out a little bit. Yeah. We went, we went far to the left. We went far to the right. Yeah. And we just keep, we keep just bringing it back, but we had to, you know, you have to take it to those extremes to the left or the right in yeah. both color palette um, hops to really realize and test the, how strong your, your, your beer really is. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're editing, right. And like, oh, yeah, you know, you're, sure. you're editing, you know, photos or whatever. If you have any effects on those, you, you take your yeah. little slider and you go all the way to the left and yep. you go all the way to the right and you see Nobody what it does. Stop with the first filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so so, the far left the far right of the filter and you always come back to the one you like that's yeah yeah right exactly here's my oslo um yeah man it's good and you know what drinking on it now instead of had half the can now um i get some of those passion fruit flavors you were talking about alan but like like darker passion fruit right if that makes any sort of sense, maybe a little bit of like overripe guava. I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining shit now, but it's definitely not those like super new school tropical hops that you talk about. It, it reminds me, the malt bill sort of reminds me more of like an overdone nineties pale ale an overdone where it's like a little bit more roasty. Right. But right. everything else is just very, very different. I, I I really do think that uh, you couldn't call this a pale ale because it's too bitter. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that's the problem sometimes when, when brewers want to change IPA or, or do an old school IPA or whatever. They're really just doing a hopped up pale ale. And, but I don't think this is it. And with, and with my background being uh, mainly BJCP uh, coming up as a home brewer, um, I'm trying to find, you know, like we fell in love with this beer and I'm trying to find a, a spot that it will fit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you that's know, what you like, do. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was telling Josh is, man, it's, it's, uh, it's West coast like, uh, except it's way more malty. So then I'm like, yeah. okay, what's, what's, what's more malty. And I, I'll, so I'll go to an, uh, you know, an English IPA. Well, yeah, but the hops are not right for English IPA, right? No. Right. Well, well, English can have, uh, some citrus or whatever, but there's, but there's more that the hops have that this, in, in the struggle bus, the hops have more going on than just your, you know, your citrus. Yeah, you it's, yeah. And it's too bitter for an English IPA too. Right. I mean, the yeah, bitterness yeah. is there. It's aggressive bitterness. So it is un, unwaveringly an IPA. Right. right. And, but and there's and other so, stuff going on. So then yeah. I go up, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, a, maybe a red IPA because it's, you know, it's, it's fairly dark, but it's, it's not necessarily red. It's not, you know, and it's, it's even more malty than, than the red IPA. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So no matter where I stick it, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get docked, you know, points basically from where yeah. I try to, I try to put it, you know? Yeah. Uh, for which, sure. Which sucks because it's an amazing IPA. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. We love it. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's good stuff, man. I'm going to finish this glass. Appreciate um, it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Josh, tell me how you hooked up with Alan here as your, as your brewer. Yeah. So uh, when I opened up the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the tap room, the first one. This is our second location now. Uh, oh, okay. Barrel system. You know, I was I was brewing, managing, serving. Uh, you you got to do it all yourself to begin with, and it really yeah. just, man, it killed me. It crushed me. So uh, <laughs> sure, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. but you know, I'm glad I did it, but I won't go back there again. Type thing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Were there so times hired- just just to just to jump in? Were there times when you were like, man, I just sort of missed the military. You want to go back? Uh, 
because and the only reason I ask because I, I I hear that from ex servicemen where it's like you know just sort of like the regimented thing where well, well, yeah, this I think is the thing forces right? is a little different than the uh, regimental like okay the stuff the stuff we had going on at the time in Iraq and Syria it was all uh, autonomous so you had instructions you you went out and did what you had to do on your own you 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 weren't under orders you know you just had sure. a, a mission you had to do didn't matter how you got from point A to point B as long as it was completed and it was done correctly you got to do it okay so I, so I liked I liked that so I liked having that the the, the free reign of it and okay. it's the same thing, you know with, with even with with brewing and stuff like that like you know you're just you're getting from point A to point B as efficiently as you can and as long as you don't violate some of the some of the rules and stuff like that you're good to go man you're good to go <laughs> for sure well, well, beer. hey yeah, man yeah. you know at some point you just make your own rules and then you have this beer that's how you ended up with <laughs> yeah, I get that, man. I get that. All right. But no, it's just, I think it's just, you know, a lot of people do get out and they miss the military and they miss the structure and they miss, you know, all that yeah. other stuff. But really all I did was I traded one stress for another stress. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. I traded, you know, lack of sleep and, and, and food and eat in, in combat to lack of sleep, food and eat at a business. That's right. so, and, and taxes. Yeah. And federal taxes and, uh, you know, and, yeah. and untapped ratings. And that's what you got to deal with now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, we were saying before that some beer is considered bougie. Well, hmm. I can't think of anything less bougie than making and like managing a beer business. Like the, it is, there's nothing fancy about not sexy what either. we do. Like, oh, you got, you know, you got, you're so weird. You just, you just like, hang out and drink beer all day, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see the shirt I wear? I have like four stains on it. I have to buy a new shirt and they're all brewery shirts. Exactly. I get them for free, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. You just wear the same thing over and over again. You're like, well, the this is my whole closet. You know, it's going to get dirty. Yeah. Like Monk, like the dude, uh, Tony Shalhoub and Monk, where it's like the whole closet, just brown blazers and the same blue shirt. There yeah. you go. That's what a brewer does. And that's the brewer's apparel. It's uh, the Hanes beefy tea and um, a hat, a trucker hat. That's just what <laughs> and it is. And a trucker hat with the brewery logo on <laughs> Exactly. Oh, With the sweat halfway up. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, you see me like this, you're going to recognize me anywhere. So. Oh, for sure. I was like, oh, exactly. these, guys, the CBC. these guys are definitely brewers. Like sometimes we'll get people on where it's like, oh, here's our marketing manager. And it's like a guy who's never been in a brewery before. Um, but you guys are obviously. A polo shirt. Yeah. I mean, Alan has a work shirt on for God's sakes. Like it's, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. But we had to wrap, uh, our, had to wrap our beer in a, in a grain bag. That's so right. Was, they wrapped their yeah. beer in a grain bag, Teresa. I was like, first of all, <laughs> I love it. Like I got the box and I'm assuming it's a homebrew for Dr. Homebrew. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Whatever. Cause it just had Josh's name on it. It didn't have the brewery on it or whatever, which, you know, I'm not, it's just fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm, you know, uh, unpacking it. I cut the thing open, sealed with duct tape, by the way. Uh, you know, handyman's helper. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, Oh Jesus, these guys packed it in a grain bag and it's just wrapped in a grain bag. It worked. And there's these worked. 4K. Yeah. And it totally worked. And that's the thing where it's like, look, if they can transport 50 pounds of malt, they can transport four cans. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? For sure. like, plastic line. So if they exploded in, in transit, then at least one of them, you know, would have. That's fine. actually a super good idea. It'll I be all right. Us, like we should stop wasting extra plastic. We are. We already have these brilliant yeah, bags. Yeah. Yeah, we have. You have no idea how many beers I get with like the ghost peanuts or these giant styrofoam shippers or all this kind of, first of all, I would have packed that box full of glitter. It's right. It's, it's yeah. the two things that irritate me most. Well, uh, out of the millions, uh, 
the two things that irritate you most are the ghost peanuts for packing yes. and the shredded uh, uh, concertina paper, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, and I don't mind the paper, but the peanuts. Ugh, they, both, the peanuts. they both get air. At least this, the, the styrofoam peanuts, the ghost poop, uh, now they're made of like uh, starch, so they're biodegradable, which is cool. Yeah, you can eat them technically. Them up all over the place. But yeah, that and the and the paper, they both get everywhere, just yeah. constantly. They're like uh, Christmas tree needles. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have some in the in the track of my uh, slider, my, my my outdoor slider, man. It's like I can't get rid of them. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. So, uh, Josh, you you open, oh, sorry, yeah. um, you we'll meet Alan. Question, yeah, that's all right, man. This is how the show goes. We sort of just BS, so it's fine. Uh, I mean, that's why it's great. So. Yeah. Uh, how do you meet Alan? Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, back to I, I just had too much stuff on my plate, right? So um, it got to the point to where I had to hire some servers uh, to help serve. I was still managing and brewing and then uh, doing like limited self-distribution because we can do that here in Tennessee. So distributing, um, brewing, and then managing, opening, closing. It was, it got a little too much for me then. So I put an ad out for a a brewer and uh, went through a couple brewers actually here because brewers aren't, they're not easy to find here in Tennessee, you know, at that, you know, at that time, well, heck, especially now, you know, you can probably find them in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. You probably find them in, in Nashville, but in Clarksville, Tennessee, you're not finding brewers. So I went hmm. through a couple different brewers who uh, really churched up their resume. And then when it came down to the brass tacks, you just didn't, didn't really know, you know, really. Well, um, yeah, so then uh, Alan, a buddy of mine in the homebrew club was like, look, man, I saw you had a a, a job posting for a brewer. And I even put it on probrewer.com. Okay. And uh, he's like, but you have to check out Alan. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, you know, another. Sure. You know, he's like, no, but he, he's like, Josh, hear me out. Hear me out. You have to check out Alan. He's right out here. My so friend makes the Alan. best homebrew. It's so good. Yeah, so yeah. I went out, well, when I went out and spoke with Alan, you know, um, he's a, he was a diesel mechanic at the time, and he was uh, he was he was working, you know, long hours too. And I was on a three barrel system, and we sat down and we spoke, and then I finally, you know, just from going through those other brewers, you have to, I made it kind of mandatory that you had to bring me one of your beers, okay, to take. Your, yeah. home, your homebrew beers because right. uh, that's that's the proof in the pudding right there. If you can bring me one of the beers that you made from homebrew, and it's good, then you know we'll 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 do this. So he came in. He was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, what kind do you want?" Uh, kind of beer. <laughs> here's like, here's my menu. He's like, he's like, man, I got kegs and kegs and kegs at home. Yeah, and I said, just just bring some of your your beers in. No big deal. Okay. He brought a six pack of assorted beers in they're all bottled real nice you know capped and everything man that's the only and, way to do it alan that's the only yeah, way to do was, it you overdo it, was it. i was very yeah. impressed you know so yeah. so he went through the beers in the in the in the six pack and i picked the one that i figured i would hate because i figured if i didn't like it mm. i know i don't like it but i tasted it, it we'll see how it goes from there so okay. i picked it up then it was a uh, uh ipa <laughs> Mexican. It was the jalapeno porter. Jalapeno yeah. porter. Yeah. Get the oh, fuck no. out! I, I would have thrown that against the wall, dude. Oh, how well, dare uh, you? Uh, how dare you defile uh, porter like choice. that? I how dare you? Like but it, you know, I'm like, if I like it, 
this guy's shit hot. So I, I, okay. I reported it, report it, and I drank it, and the heat uh, wasn't overpowering, and you could tell it was still a porter, and I was like, dude, okay. this is a this is amazing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. Because I just won, like, I got invited to the national homebrew competition on this beer, you know, and it was, Damn. you know, and just, you know, I talking mean, with him, he had accolades just through homebrewing up to the national level. So did he wear them all in for the interview? No, he didn't. Okay. No, you would have never known. You would have like, never known. Yeah, it's like a general bougie. with all the little things on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be super bougie, dude. Wouldn't it be great? But it's it's almost like brewers at like JBF, you know, walking around with a medal. Which look, I would do it too. Or like home brewers after the uh, the the awards at homebrew con. You you have to walk around with them. But yeah. it's a different. Well, you're on dude, a different I level. Wear the, I wear the red overalls. I'm really subtle about it. <laughs> I do want. But some you're not wearing them out to the bars afterwards. You know what I'm saying? You're not wearing your medal out to the bars after. Yeah, I, after the G, after you win GA. I don't know, man. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know, uh, but it's you're on a you. You are definitely very extra if you wear your homebrew medals to an interview. Super. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining him doing this, you know, looking at Alan, and then like non-ironically being taken very, very seriously, or just being like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I had this, I still have this on. I didn't realize. Yeah, I, was, I, I, didn't, oh. I didn't. remember. Yeah, this I was just wearing thing. this at home. Yeah. Oh, this shirt's really itchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to cosplay as Mr. T, but it's not working. <laughs> so the jalapeno porter got you. That yeah, was it. So it was. It was delicious. And then we had to have the difficult talk about how little you could panic. pay him. Yeah, and he was making yeah, and he was making he was making decent money, and I yeah, was like, man. "You're gonna have to take a risk on me, man, because I can pay you what I can right now, um, but I'm not gonna stop. Like this is, I want to be the biggest brewery in Tennessee, and then I want to be the biggest in the South. Damn. And then, uh, you know, he went home and 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 discussed it, thought it over, came back and gave me the green light, um, and wow. then we've just been off to the races ever since, and we've grown even since he's been here. We've grown a, a lot. We're in a new facility, new brewing system, and we're all learning this together now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he and I have never done this before, so we're all learning as we go. That's crazy, man. Awesome. Alan, how yeah. was that for you? Because, you know, we, we talked to brewers who who leave, you know, high-powered positions as a lawyer, as an attorney, or as a, I don't know, an economist or a designer, and then they open their brewery. But you left the job which sounds like a very high paying job, of course. I mean, the mechanics, you know, are nothing to sneeze at pay wise um, to be, a, to be a brewer. That's stressful, man. That's gotta be very stressful. What sold yeah, you it, was, it? it was definitely scary. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, I had been doing diesel for 20 years at the time. Wow. And uh, I even, so me and the wife moved up to New Jersey for a while. That's where she's from. And uh, uh, up there, I landed a job teaching it you know, to, uh, to adults. And that was cool. Um, but even still, you know, I, I was clean every day coming home, at least up there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, when I was teaching it, you know, and still there was, there was still just something, you know, I'd done it for so long, so I knew it. Uh, but it just still wasn't, you know, and I was, I was home brewing. I was, um, you know, making wines and stuff at the time as well. Um, and that was really when, when like I had a Saturday, uh, that's, that's what I would do on a Saturday. I wouldn't work on the, 
the old pickup that I had out back that needs to be fixed. I would, you know, so that's where I was like, you know, man, I, I'm, I've been doing this for so long. Just, you know, uh, that's not fun to me anymore. The you know, what's fun is, is, is the, is the home brewing. And, and yeah. then we moved back down here, you know, Tennessee and, uh, just the way things worked out at my shop as well. Uh, you know, I was there and, you know, in a diesel shop, man, no matter what, I, I don't care what anybody says, you show up to work that day, you could be in the best mood of your life. Um, there will be something that will happen. <laughs> Triggers. That it will just, test yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You will, you will throw your, you know, you, you know, $105 ratchet you just bought at the wall, you know, and say, I'm done. I'm through. I'm finished. You know, Damn. and then you calm down a second. You wipe the blood up off your knuckles and then you grab it back and you go back to work because you got to do it. You know, I feel that way opening well, a, a box of cereal, man. Nothing like that. <laughs> First of all, number one, I want to send a reality TV crew to uh, Alan's old shop because that sounds like primetime TV. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, so it sounds like you, you wanted just a, more of an emotional break, which is a very sensitive thing for a Southern man. I feel like that's good. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> bless his very heart. Very good bless. Yeah, bless. bless your heart. Don't bless me. God damn. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you got out of a, a stressful job, and I'm sure this is a, a different kind of stress, but one that's uh, a little bit uh, more fun. Yeah, it's absolutely more fun. And yeah. and like I was saying, it, it was scary because, like I said, 20 years diesel mechanic, uh, I knew going to work uh, then there wasn't going to be much that I hadn't already, you know, you know, crossed and uh, yeah. be able to handle it. And then when I, you know, spoke with Josh and I brought it home to the wife and she says, you know, you know, this is a hobby that you're doing, right? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that, you know, but yeah. also at the time I was brewing every week. So I had Sunday and Monday off uh, from the shop. So every Monday I would brew because the kids be at school, the wife at work. And I did that for, you know, it's about two years. Uh, so when you brew five gallon batches every week, uh, you're sitting on quite a bit of beer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now I, was in, I was in a home brew club, so we did do events and stuff, you know, and uh, that was kind of one of the things that, that, I took pride in as well. I, we would show up to events and my homebrew club would bring like, as the club, they would bring like four or five, sometimes six different beers, you know, mm -hmm. since the kegs. Yeah. And I'd show up with like eight, you know, <laughs> but, you Still know, we're doing it. You know, I enjoyed that, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's cool. Um, man. And that's what it takes, man. Honestly, um, yeah. just, just brew as often as you can. Like if you're a home brewer out there and you're thinking of trying to become pro or trying to land a, a job then and you're sitting there saying man I, I just can't get I can't get hired on somewhere because I need experience but I can't get the experience without being hired on man hit competitions you know <clears throat> blast out there in yeah. competitions when you make your name when you start getting awards you know and winning and you're coming in with you know you're putting five beers in a comp and you're getting four medals you know three medals even one and you know depending on the beer depending on the comp you know, um, it's hard to win. You know, I will tell you this is it's hard to win an IPA, you know, an IPA <laughs> style, it's you hard know? to win in anything. I've entered, I've entered, I don't know, 10 comps. I've, I've, I've made it to the second round of NHC like three or four times, but it's hard as shit. And part of the problem is there is that, that line between brewing for competition yeah. to style and then brewing what you like. So I think 
you know, the, the, the challenging part, if you're going to bring your beer in, uh, if you have a, you know, a potential employer like Josh, where it's like, well, this is a, you know, how do you explain? Like for me, I would bring in my oatmeal stout, but it's not really an oatmeal stout. It's more like a brown porter with oatmeal or whatever. So you have to like explain that a little bit, but maybe not. Maybe because Josh was a, he was a home brewer too. So he sort of understands it, but I don't know, man, it's, that's, um, what am I trying to say? You sort of get into like dangerous territory, I think a little bit, because it's like, is this an IPA? Well, like your Southern IPA is it an IPA. Not yet. But it could be. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, if we I'd just rather, define things I'd, a little bit. I'd much rather have somebody that's in home brewing and has even tried at competitions. A lot of people are too scared to even do competitions. But if you now mm. if you place in a competition, no matter what level it is, you know, it's showing your your willingness and your drive to learn how to brew. And that's what I look mm. for um, for people that that want to that want to work here. Just your willingness, and your drive to do better with beer. You know, and Alan, Alan is like the epitome of that in my eyes. He came in and he, he just keeps wanting to do better. No matter what I throw at him, I know that I'm getting the uh, maybe, you know, the under the breath, like, damn it, Josh. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but we keep it. We, I mean, we just keep it. Uh, we just keep going, man. We just keep going. It's fun. Yeah, that's good. And you, and you can't teach passion. I mean, that's something uh, that's so important. Yeah. I, I, we just hired a, a fellow here at the brewery. So I have three, I have a head brewer and two brewers and they are amazing because they're all so passionate about what they do. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you can feel that when you're in the room with people that are meshing with you mentally because mm-hmm. you just spitball and you know, it might not all stick, but you know, you're on the same wavelength and you know, you're going to get stuff done. So we start thinking about stuff and taste and brews and stuff like that. You know, and you're you, you're just mentally. I think you're just mentally there with some people, and um, it, and it's good to have that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think on that level it's easier to start out with like a three barrel system or something like that, like a, a smaller system, because it's easier to tweak things out and to dial things in than versus a ten barrel, where it's it's a little more of a monetary stake in this. Where like, well, if we change the hops on this, uh, let me think about it for a little bit. Yeah, I think you would have to have a. Uh, you would have to have a home. If you were going to start out with a 10 barrel system, mm-hmm. this is just hindsight 2020. Cause I didn't, and I don't know, you know, I'm sure you'd have to have sell your soul to a bunch of investors just to get a 10 barrel system in the yes. beginning. Right. But um, I think you would have to have, you know, a homebrew system set aside. And instead of your brewers now brewing on a 10 barrel system with tried and true recipes, now you're paying them to brew on a five gallon bat or, you know, a one barrel batch the same amount of money that you would pay them to, to brew on a 10 barrel system. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm glad that um, I'm glad we started a three barrel system and it was a very manual system. So now if anything ever happens with the 10 barrel system, we know how to go back and fix it and change it. And then we know, you know, what kind of pipe fittings for this hose and this hose. So we, I mean, you just, I think it's, it's best to trudge through the small stuff and yeah. just be very manual hands on to begin with. This is just from my personal experience because as we continue to grow, we'll always be able to relate back to homebrew, three barrel system, and then you know a ten barrel system. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to come back. I'm going to try the Winchester Bourbon Ale, and yes. uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, community, how the community in uh, Clarksville is going, and what you guys do to sort of give back. Because I'm, I'm like I said, I'm reading through the notes here, and uh, you know it seems like you guys are very community involved and 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about that as well. And then we'll wrap things up. So hang on, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging around. We're about to wrap things up, but of course, we have to crack another beer, and this is the Winchester Bourbon yes, Ale, eight point one percent. And it, my favorite part is the the alcohol by volume is the same font size as the name of the beer. It's almost like part of the of the of the name. Okay, okay. I have to learn. I had to learn Adobe Illustrator. Because. Okay, that was a mistake. <laughs> I okay, cannot right. afford a graphic designer right now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all like Kaleeb or whatever it is fonts. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was a mistake. <laughs> no, that's not a mistake. A mistake. It's, a, it's a feature. It. It's not a bug. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I I think at first I was like. Wow, they really want you to know <laughs> how much alcohol is in this beer. He had a typewriter, and it only had the one size. No, yeah, I think it is like American typewriter font. I think that's yeah, what it, says. it looks like. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't expect typewriter to be small. One day, I'll be big enough to have a graphic designer. <laughs> For sure, man. You know, it's totally respectful that you're doing your own graphic design. I punched yeah. on that one. Oh yeah, I had to learn Adobe Illustrator pretty quick before I started Canon. Illustrator's not yeah. that easy to use, man. It's not. It's, it's very not complicated, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you go on like Fiverr or whatever, but, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, keep it in-house. I love it. I, like I yeah, said. I, I got my logo. I think uh, it's cool. Fiverr with the, uh, the, the hop. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. the brewery's logo there. I got yeah. it done on Fiverr um, from a guy, and it, 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 I think it's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, awesome. it's, a, it's a hot-looking logo, man, for sure. All right, so tell me about the Winchester. You were saying you're sort of chasing uh, the other bourbon the other, their bourbon barrel aged beer on the market. Yeah, so we're going after. I mean, this is this is the beer that built the brewery for me. Uh, the Winchester Bourbon Ale is. You know, I was home brewing this for years before I started the brewery, and uh, when I was always do the home brew competitions or the the, um, the home brew craft beer festivals, uh, this was always a pretty good hit there because it's very balanced, and I do use. Um, uh, the staves of Kentucky bourbon barrel uh, bourbons, or sorry, Kentucky bourbon barrels. Bourbon. Okay, we're so, so, yeah, so we're, we're we're so close to Kentucky that I could I have the opportunity to go up there and actually get the barrels from Buffalo Trace or 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 you know Maker's Mark or Bullet Bourbon and stuff like that, and then use them uh, in beers. Mm-hmm. So we we predominantly stick with Buffalo Trace. I don't know if I'm able to say that, but we use, oh, we yeah. use their. Well, I don't yeah, know. We, we, we use we use their their. <laughs> we use, you think I'm, Buffalo Trace is listening? <laughs> well, I think the TTB is maybe more of a point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we use we use the staves of the uh, of the barrel to give uh, flavor to the beer here. Um, so, and you know, when I was home brewing, yeah, uh, and I decided I want to start the brewery. Obviously, I was strapped for cash, so I would. Um, Every time I brewed this, I put it out on Facebook that I had it had it brewed, and I would go um, for donation. Of course, I would for twenty dollars donation. I would um, pour growlers of it uh, in a parking lot um, at a local uh, market that I had. Yeah, so here I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh man, that's hilarious. I love that. About mentioning that's amazing. Trace, right? Well, hey, I was home brewing, and it was by donation. That's right. In Tennessee, I feel so like I feel like a lot goes. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love that yeah, so much. So, 
Yeah, so I hear I was a I was a retired Green Beret. I was just sitting in the back of my truck waiting for people to come in, and I was for a dollar <laughs> donation. What parking lot? Because uh, I imagine it's either like a Wawa or like a, a, a Cabela's. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, it was like a, a local. It's called HG Hill here in Tennessee. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, they have a really good craft beer selection too. Anyways. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was just sat there in the parking lot, and I would uh, pour because um, I was I was, can- I was kegging mm-hmm. um, in my garage too at the time, and I made one whole room a cold room with a cool bot and all this other stuff. So oh I damn, just, dude! Yeah, you were and, into uh, it. Yeah, I was super into it. All right, um, and I would just pour. I would pour it for a donation, and then I finally saved up enough money yeah. with this beer, selling this beer in, in parking lots, to put a down payment in the first month uh, on a. Uh, my first tapper. Oh man. So the is away, man. Yeah. <laughs> Save paradise by beer in a parking lot. That's the new Cheryl Crow song. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh. First of all, yeah, so that, that's cool. And, and kudos to you for finding a way. You have to find sort of like what yeah. you're saying in the last break. You get, you got to go from a to B. doesn't matter how you get there. Right. You sold beer in a fucking parking lot. That's a, <laughs> that's a sweet backstory. And I want you to, put that on the label somewhere, just like really small font. Yeah. To like dial that down. To or if you make this a small beer, essentials. you call it like parking lot or something like that. I don't know, but I, I, cause yeah. I think it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so you get the stave. So you, you get barrels and you break them down or do these distilleries like offer this sort of. Oh stave? no, I'm paying retail. I'm paying retail price. Paying retail. Uh, okay. Yeah. Use barrels. We've come up with a, uh, I would say a semi proprietary way now mm-hmm. to do it on larger scale for the seven and 10 barrels. Um, fermenters. Okay. So, but it just, it was out of necessity that we came up with, um, with a way to continue to, to age the beer in, in these barrels and give it oaky vanilla flavor without the bourbon burn to it. Mm-hmm. And you can, it's, there's no adjuncts in there at all. We're not putting vanilla extract not putting smoke extract in there um like oh, some of the other barrel age stuff so this is what you're tasting is the actual barrel staves um of of the uh the bourbon barrels the kentucky bourbon barrel go ahead Teresa. i have questions of course i always do um so is this a pretty light beer what i mean it's a higher it's ABV. Yeah, it's is ale. it like a is like a no it's kind of like a barley wine it's like a I mean, dark. It's not a barley wine, but it's like it's a it's dark like amber. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me turn. Let me turn my makeup to imperial amber bourbon barrel. Yeah, yeah. It's more along those lines. Yeah, it's not. I mean, light. I always get you know uh, confused when people ask light because a lot of uh, say, yeah. some of my some of my non beer drinking friends, uh, you know, the Bud Light guys. You know, they. they uh, oh, Thank man, you, JP. That's that's very informative. Thank you. <laughs> They say, uh, they say, hey, uh, what's the lightest beer you got? You know, well, do you mean light as in sits on your stomach light, light in color, or like yeah. about, about light? Because it's all different, you know, because dark's not a flavor, you know? Right, it's a yeah. No, but like the like the higher ABV, a little bit multi, like to me, that's about the color of my Doppelbach because it's a pale Doppelbach. It's not a, it's not a dark one. So, yeah, no, yeah it's, like it's to definitely, me, that's. Yeah, as far that's as totally um, acceptable as like a, you know, a big beer. It's just a little paler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. I, I'm trying to, as you know, I'm trying to form the flavors in my mind and the color will go into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, this one here as well, it's all about balance. It's all about, you know, like they're, they're, the bourbon's not, there's not too much of the bourbon flavor to where you're like, oh, wow, this is, 
this is just straight bourbon that I'm drinking and it's not, you know, uh, the malty is like, Oh, well, I'm getting a malty, but I got to really look for the bourbon. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, you know, again, I go back to the South. It's, it's all I know. I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, it, it's all about balance, man. It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, I mean, well, and there's like well, a, and the whole, Oh, sorry. JP, I'm stepping all over you. That's fine. Go ahead. It's just the delay. It um, happens. So the, so the, the trend, at least where I am, is toward pastry stouts that are, like, super adjunct-heavy, very, like, if they're barrel-aged, they're, like, so much, and they lose drinkability. So I really appreciate beers that are, like, stronger but retain that drinkability because, like, when you lose that, it's just, like, uh, yeah. well, you can drink that much of it, but what's with Strawberry, peach, yeah. Uh, yeah and, just- and this beer definitely has drinkability. Um, I mean, this is, you know, this is when you sit down and, 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 and have several, you know, well, you can't do me because it is one several. I mean, yeah. Like, Look at this guy. Several 8.1% <laughs> beers. You know, we, yeah. we, we have to start watching people at the, at the, at the tap room when they come up and order their second one and you're just kind of like, eh, this is 8%, but you can drink it. Like you'll drink it like a, like a pills. Yeah. yeah. That 8% is totally hidden. I mean, yeah. yeah. You, if you, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, you'll. This can't be your first beer. <laughs> no, it can't. And so I'm I'm drinking it out, and I I love uh, barrel aged beers. I love wood aged beers. Um, you know, I sort of uh, hit my stride in home brewing doing that with like oak cubes and um, you know cocoa nibs and all this kind of stuff, and just kind of farting around with all that, all the uh, the the wood characteristics because it is just a different dimension that this stuff can can give your 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 beer, and it is um, an easy drinking beer. I would never have guessed it was eight. Over eight. I mean, 8.1. Let's just round to eight. I would have thought, you know, high six, low seven, maybe, because there is a little hot at the end, of course, because there's 8%, right? And, you you know, there is a, a, a bourbon aspect to it. Um, but that the tan in there comes in pretty nicely and cleans up a lot of the sweetness. Um, there is that vanilla. There is all the things that you expect out of this beer, but it's not cloying. It's not heavy in that palette in that mid palette and i think alan the way you're building these beers and josh i mean this is your beard uh, you know obviously uh, from from the jump but the way that it's put together you, you can have a lot of flavor in your mid palette and not have it be heavy and i think that's representative in uh the struggle bus in the southern ipa i think it's representative here also they're two very very different flavor styles but there's a similarity in how you guys are building that sort of mid palette um, offering where it doesn't sit heavy. It cleans up after itself. And I think that's very hard to do when you're designing recipes like this. And they're easy drinking beers. And that's what, and in the yeah. South, that's what they want. Easy drinking beers. Cause you're, you know, you're on the lake, you're in a tree stand, you're, you're, you're hot all the time is what you're saying. Hot all, yeah. <laughs> you're hot all the time. So yeah. you know, the, the beers here, you know, we, we just, you kind of have to tailor them to that, you know, and then it's a, you know, it's a blue collar working class community, just like everywhere else. And that's, that's what they appreciate here. And that's what we, yeah. that's what we grew to. I was, uh, in, in the, in the aroma, I was definitely getting like, a like a semi-sweet or like just a cocoa nib. There's a, a, a cocoa thing, not a chocolate thing, but like a cocoa deal. And, uh, I'm imagining that's coming from the, from the barrels. That's all barrel. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, and the mall. And that's something as well. You know, it's, uh, you'd mentioned earlier, uh, wood age, um, I've been brewing this for, you know, for so long now. It's like, 
I don't necessarily perceive it as wood age. Um, it, it is. It's mm. definitely wood aged. It's more. I'm getting the. Uh, I'm getting the bourbon uh, in in mm. the beer, you know. And but with bourbon, you get wood, you know. I yeah. mean, that's you know. De- um, by definition, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, that's that's interesting, and I wonder if it's. Um, well, no, it wouldn't be travel order because you're you're getting it right there at the source. But it's also what your palate's more tailored to, probably too. I don't know. I mean, I I I enjoy, I enjoy picking out wood, guys, and um, <laughs> no, but that's what I'm sort of keyed in on. I mean, I, I enjoy a glass of bourbon, but uh, you know, wood aged beers for me, I don't know. I I like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm sort of genetically tuned to. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a. I mean, obviously, a wood aged beer, and it, it it's very well done. Um, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. I had a question too. God damn it! <laughs> I I have a question. I blame the so beer. I'm looking behind you, and that's your that's your brewery, right? Is yeah. your brewery like continuous with the tap room? No, no. This is a this is a new place that we have. We bought a eight thousand square foot warehouse that we. Uh, oh wow! We put a ten barrel brew system in, and we got a. I don't know if I can. Which am I going here? There you go. We're panning away. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so then we have a, the twenty barrel. 15, two tens, and the rest are sevens wow. all the way down to the uh, stout tanks and kettle 10 barrel brew system there behind Allen. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. God, that's shiny. Damn. But you're not, you're in your warehouse. So you guys have like a bigger warehouse than me. And I'm super jealous. Right now. <laughs> um, no, that that's awesome. So you have like all this place to grow into when you're ready. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing I learned from the so – we have a, the tap room I started out on. You know, you just space is at a premium. And even the distilleries around here, I'm good friends with a lot of the distilleries around here, and they're like, brother, space for barrel aging, for all this other – you know, barrel storage, you're going to have to – you're going to have to buy up. So um, this building was for sale for quite a while, and I think just, you know, coming in and doing a lot of the stuff ourselves, um, plumbing, floor drains – flooring, all that other stuff. You got to. Saved, yeah, saved a lot of money. So we still have the tap room um, that's probably 10 miles away. Um, okay. I'm currently doing, I just got done doing drywall up here today to start a small tap room on, on, in this area or on, on this building. But um, this is going to be our main production brewery. And hopefully it's large enough that we can t- continue to expand to um, be more of a presence here in Tennessee. Oh, very cool. That sounds like it. I mean, 8,000 square feet, That's that's big for a brewery. I think. Yeah, my whole building is five thousand. My brewery is like twenty five hundred square feet. Oh wow! Oh, wow. We're so packed in. Yeah, I'm I'm super jealous right now. <laughs> Are you moving to Tennessee? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, jealous of space. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Yeah. I feel like uh, yeah, moving to Tennessee. That's the way to. Uh, yeah. No, just- I don't. You know, a lot of Californians right now, and I I wasn't. I don't could really hundred percent consider myself a Californian because I grew up in Colorado. So with oh, that okay. caveat, a lot of Californians I know are moving to Tennessee. We know. Tennessee, oh, yeah. Idaho. <laughs> and, I yeah, feel like that was that yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I got the memo. They're all like, everybody in the south <laughs> is like, Yep, I get it. <laughs> California. Like, okay, California, like I feel like the rest of the country where it's uh, you know, cheaper to live than California, I feel like they just they, they look at Californians like banshees. Where we're just like or like flying monkeys from the yeah. Wizard of Oz, where we're just gonna come and fuck your shit up. 
I don't care. <laughs> and but like most of us are like, I don't know, man. I don't really like what's going on here either. Uh, yeah. But what are you going to yeah, yeah. do? Well, I, I don't know. So Coloradans hate Texans 100. percent They all come to the ski resort with the big hat, and we like hate them. No, <laughs> ten the gallon hat. Yeah, <laughs> ten gallon hat. Stop. Oh yeah. No, that just no. And then, but we hate Californians almost as much. And then I went and became one. So now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, now you know the best of both worlds, you know. I do, right. and I'm I'm sure you feel the same way. Having not grown up where you are, there's like there are some big differences, but there is, yeah. Californians, yeah, you know, I just feel like oh, yeah. I'm from Ohio. The first thing that I got, you know, the, the local people were like, you know, um, the I guess stigma, whatever, is from people in the north was is that you're very abrupt, very rude. Hmm. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, come on, man, whatever. So but now that I've been down here and you go, you know, you go home or you see family or you, you do, you do see the, how they get that, you know? Yeah. I think that some stereotypes exist sort of for a reason, you yeah. know, and yeah, I you feel know, but like, I, but I think, yeah, culturally, I like the abruptness or, or how people interact regionally is, can be valid at times. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I, I tell you what's funny is I'm, I'm actually four and a half hours drive to where I, from where I grew up and I'll go home to visit. And my friends that I have from high school, they say, Oh man, you, you talk so much different now, man. You talk like a, like a Northern man, like a, like a Yankee. You know? I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. There's, there's right. no yeah. <laughs> it's a four, it's a four and a half yeah, hour yeah. drive. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is very like a uh, regional, like uh, England, uh, you know, they have a lot of regional accents. Like you can tell, yeah, like not yeah, only are you yeah, no- yeah. Northern or Southern, but you're like from the area or the, the County that you grew up in, you can sort of or, like the Irish accent, think, same yeah. thing. And it's Even like the County where I grew up in there, like, Oh, those people West of interstate six are all, <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't think you could ever get away from it. That's you wild, know? man. That shit's be cool. wild. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting back to the beer real fast, I sort of forgot that we're uh, we're talking about this beer. Um, you should throw a little cocoa nibs on this. I think a little chocolate would be good, man. Yeah, I think so, would... so. I'm definitely down. Like, and this is, I, I actually mentioned this that like I, I really would like to do some variants on it as well. You know, um, cocoa nibs. I think um, your stupid jalapeno recipe. <laughs> From your porter, that might be good. Yeah, that might be good. Yeah, because it's it's that it's look. I've been watching a lot of Great British Baking Show, and there's a lot of <laughs> variants in that. But I feel like the sweetness is there to carry through a little bit of spice. You sort of, if you ever had like um, like sweet and sour, like a Korean chili sauce or something, where it's oh, yeah, like yeah, basically yeah. sugar with chilies, it, but it, it it works. Yeah, something like that. I think you could. I think there's at least yeah, five variants. I'm to do variants of this. So I mean, that's. I think you could do it. I, mean, I think the beer is is a well-rounded enough recipe. Uh, you you can sort of throw. You could, dude. You can probably do. Oh God, was it on this show? I forget. Or maybe it was Homebrew Con somewhere. I feel like I had somebody send a uh, maybe it was Doctor Homebrew peach uh, flavored beer with jalapenos. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like this beer could carry that. Yeah, it, it, because see, you do get some like, spiciness from the oak a little bit. There's a little sharp thing at the very, 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 very end of, with the with the the tannins, right? 
I feel like that could pair well with any pepper, and then like a peach or an apricot or something like that could really. If you had peach with jalapeno, you'd probably have to have a little bit of coconut in there to to round it. Yeah, some you could. Yeah, try it. Yeah, try it. So I'll get ten percent about this beer. So also this, so this beer, man, is what I'm loving about this in the area yeah. that we're in. Yeah. Uh, so I've used several different bourbons. Uh, bourbon barrels on this beer. Yeah, we've experimented with a lot of bourbon. Yeah, barrels. like I mean, wow. you know, yeah, and it, I'm telling you. So I'll sit down and, and judge each one I do. I'll sit down and, and go through it. Now, the average guy in the tap room, he may not notice the subtleties or whatever. No, you know, I'm I'm you know, there's certain you know certain ways I'm leaning on different you know on the different bourbons and uh, something you know something that that we're hoping to kind of get into here is you know. Uh, with the different barrel, the different barrels and what each different bourbon kind of contributes to it, you know, uh, kind of let that lead us a bit on, on how we want to go. Um, uh, I know right now in the bourbon world, there's a lot of, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I mean, you got peanut butter, you got peanut butter whiskeys out there, man. You Stop. Got, no. Oh, they're putting, they're putting, uh, so they've, they've got, um, honey is a big thing right now in bourbons. Sure. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, I'm liking it. It's, it's the ones that are well done are well done, you know? Um, yeah. But I feel like that's an easy out for people just to shit on a style. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, I'm just going to go back to hazy IPAs or brewed IPAs, which you guys have already said that you like, but you know, I don't care. Uh, where it's like, oh, these are well done. Yeah. But does it need to exist? Yeah, but what does that barrel lend to a beer after it's done? You know, oh. I mean, I think that's a whole different. You know, what flavors does that honey in the bourbon barrel lend to a beer? Now, yeah. what, I don't know. Yeah, you guys Could are you fermenting that barrel, and then maybe some of that gets fermented out, and then they keep it sweet, or do you just age it in it? And because uh, yeah. because fermented yeah. honey has a has yeah. a different flavor yeah. from actual honey. Yeah. I mean, you know that by mead. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you can taste the mead. And if you, you know, if you've never, if you've not been told that meat is from honey, you're not necessarily uh, going to think honey right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? Cause, no, cause absolutely not, not. You know, it's just a different flavor. You right. Know? Well, and that's the problem when you're, when you're in competitions with mead with inexperienced judges. And I'll, the only time I've ever entered a meat competition, I brewed it with uh, watermelon honey, which doesn't taste like watermelon. However... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The judge dinged me because he said, uh, you claimed watermelon. watermelon, honey, but I don't get any watermelon out of this. I'm like, <laughs> dipshit. This is not like, anyway, um, I don't know. I brought this up. Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't know, man. I feel like this is a beer, Josh, that, that really could carry a lot of different flavors. And it sounds like you guys are experimenting with all the fun stuff that's going on down there in the bourbon world. And, you know, you're just even your different barrel makers, your, your, your tone Larise, I guess is the name. Uh, that'll just have enough different impact. You could experiment for years, but honey and peanut butter. I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be good either way. Who knows? It's a good yeah, beer. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, so I'm looking through my notes here and you guys are very big on uh, giving back to the community. Uh, what are some of the the organizations that you guys support? And, you know, again, I think that's a huge part of owning a brewery, a regional brewery in a community. You want them to support you. And, uh, you know, you want to see your own community thrive. So how, how are you guys sort of paying it back 
uh, to the yeah, people who you help know, you, you grow. Can't, these days, I don't, I don't think you can own a local business and not be tied in and not try to give back to the people who, uh, who, are, who are patrons at your brewery every single day, who are loyal to you. And, uh, you know, from the get-go, we were very um, – well, first of all, let me say you, you can't give back until you're able to give back. As, as, a, as a business owner. So yeah. the brewery, they're just starting out. Don't plan on coming in hot with a bunch of um, checks, with a, oversized with five, checks, five, five, <laughs> three money because you can't help anybody until you help yourself. Right. You know, so we got to a point where we were finally able to monetarily help out some local um, nonprofits, especially, you know, coming from a uh, fifth special forces group, we help out the Legion fund, which is scholarships, uh, we help we help out the, the uh, we do the children's villages here every year uh, for the local uh, foster children in foster care. We provide. I mean, it's a great. Yeah, explain that a little bit because I, I read a little bit about it and I was started crying. Oh, it's awesome, man! Yeah. So we what we do is we we recruit. The first year we requested fifty um, Christmas lists from children in foster care, mm-hmm. and they they range from you know six months to when they're transitioning out of foster care at uh, 16, 17 years old. So these lists are given to us in a folder. They're numbered. We roll them up and we put bows on them and put them on a Christmas tree inside the brewery. And our patrons will come in and pull a, a Christmas list or two or three off the tree. Each Christmas list is under hundred bucks, uh, but you're fulfilling a child's wish for that year. So they will then in turn go out and purchase the gifts and then bring them back by a date. And then uh, just before Christmas, we'll take them all uh, to the the foster care facility, turn them in from Star Spangled Brewing Company and the patrons and the the faces out there. I mean, we, the first year we filled probably one room, like a small office. Mm -hmm. The second year, uh, was about the same, but the third and the fourth year, man, they had to open up a conference room for us because people were buying bicycles. <laughs> I mean, they were buying bicycles, strollers, baby beds. You know, for, for yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's great. It's it's great. It makes you all the feels come in. So like, yeah. there hasn't been a time when we turned in those guests where I haven't just been like a mess, you know, afterwards. Cause you yeah. feel good. You yeah. feel good. Your but mascara is just running and it's, yeah, man, I get it. Yeah. 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 But you're coming back and it's, it's a great thing. It's, it's yeah. awesome, man. It's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I read that. And I was like, Oh, I got to talk about that because that to me is, uh, it's important, man. You know, and it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, Christmas isn't just about buying stuff, but also it's just that act that somebody cares enough to spend their money on you is cool. And not cool. everybody gets to experience who, who need to feel that, you know, yeah, I think yeah. everybody needs to feel that, but maybe a little bit extra um, from some people at times. And hopefully this, this allows that and it makes me feel good. It makes everybody else feel good. And to, to be able to do that, giving back, I think is truly, it's truly one of the things that, that just warms you up and makes yeah. you feel better than if you were to spend money doing the same thing. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I, a, lot of, 100%. a lot of it purchase more than, like, like there'll be a list that, uh, you know, the child says, oh, I, you know, I'd like this, I'd like that, I like this. And so the list is fulfilled. And then I see a lot of other things added, you know, that the, that the child didn't request. Because when you see, like, say, a 10-year-old, you know, and they're asking for shoes for school, you know, or yeah. pants to wear, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, you know, if, it's a, if a 10-year-old's asking for, 
you know, pants, Clothes. you know, yeah. like a, like a boy or something like me at 10 years old, man. I, I didn't care if I had ripped jeans or whatever, man. I didn't care, but I needed at least more than one pair, you know what right. I mean? And that's yeah. kind of where some of this is, you know, and that's where, you know, the adults were seeing this and they're, and they're saying, man, this, the kid's asking for, you know, these, these the things that, that, that we take for yeah. granted, you know, and then they're throwing bicycles in there with them. And then they're, you know, so they're, it's, it's, yeah. that's, that's what I like. To and that's see, where like the know? cribs came in and stuff like that. Cause uh, it was a six month old that just needed the, the foster parents just needed like Similac. They needed uh, diapers. They needed, you know, uh, you know, some, some six month old clothes. And then the couple that got that, if, showed up with a with a, an entire like carriage and a tire you know the, a bed or everything like that so it was like you know what they need but they're asking just for the pertinent stuff right but you yeah. you want to go a little extra or they want a little extra just to make them give that little um best better feeling i guess yeah well you know and as as a, as a parent or a guardian of a, of a child of that age you need that shit. Like you can't look at a year ahead or, or six months ahead or four weeks ahead. It's like, I need this now. Mm-hmm. And I just, that that's the only thing I can think of, but it sounds like more experienced parents or whatever. It's like, well, okay, you're going to need this and you're also going to need this. <laughs> yeah. You don't need it now, but in six months, you're going to love me for getting you this thing. Uh, yeah. And that's that man. Community support like that is great. And you know, Alan, you're right, man. When I was 10, I was not focused on, pants right. but the fact that a 10 year old is asking for pants sort of gives you a window into this no, there, there's how, a lot of issues how, yeah they need how some much help. need is in their world you know and just for a couple a couple hours if you can just forget that uh you know it's uh i've never been in foster care but i uh, watch a lot of tv about it no i don't know um it's not that you know it can't be easy it can't be easy so yeah. uh you know uh that's really cool i'm 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 stoked you guys are doing stuff like that. I think that's great. A little bit of that load off, especially during the holidays. Yeah, it's, man. It's yeah, sure. absolutely. Josh, where can people find more about your brewery? Uh, com, And then we're on the socials. We're on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, if you if you have any questions or um, just really hate us for doing a Southern IPA, go ahead and message us <laughs> on one of them. Uh, they come to my my phone and my uh, my general manager's phone, and uh, will respond in kind nicely. So we appreciate any feedback, and uh, or if you want to trade beers, you know, like we'll we'll get your address after this, uh, Teresa, and we'll send you out some beers. If you're a brewery that wants to trade beers, we're for that too, man. So we'll, yeah. we'll go ahead and get get that sent out to you. Well, you know what I I do want to do? I, I want to contact you guys off the air because I want to get a couple more cans of this beer for Dr. Homebrew for our BJCP show that we do. It's uh, two uh, grandmaster BJCP judges oh, and cool. then, yeah. and then my Super. dumb ass, you know? Um, yeah. and cause I want to get their take on it. I think this would be an entire segment. Cool. Yeah. We'll get, we'll send you out, man. That'd be great. Dude. I'd love that. All right. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it very much yeah, you guys. for joining. The beers were great. And you know, look, man, to be honest with you, you guys sent two styles in and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. This is the the longest show that I've ever done with this little amount of beer. True. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we're as like a... Hours, we're on two hours now, right? Yeah, we're on two hours. Edit it down. It'll yeah. probably be an hour and a half, hour 35, you know, okay. with the breaks yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't think that we would have this much to talk about. But both of these styles were... Uh, we, could, we could still go back and forth between the two. Like, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, they're both very, very unique and interesting beers in the space. And uh, thank you for sending them. 
Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate you having us on, reaching out to us. And if you uh, want us to, to zoom in with you to answer any questions when you do. Um, oh, yeah, maybe we could do that, too. Yeah, yeah we'll, be just, fun. We'll, just, we'll just sit on, we'll just sit on the side and field any questions, you know. I'll email you. Yeah, that'd be cool. Teresa, thanks. I appreciate you uh, you joining in, even though you're dreadless. Thank you. Yeah. I know. We all have to get used to it, so it's better <laughs> sure. now than now than later. Might as well start with me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see you in person, JP. Yeah, me too. It'll be uh it'll be soon. Air quotes. Yeah. I don't know. Ish. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how comfortable I'll be, but we'll see. It'll be fine. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning into the session. Uh we'll see you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. JP's an asshole. Justin's on my sky and winning the race. JP does great as his charity.